In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Your AC works overtime all summer, so be sure to replace your old air filters with new Filtry air filters. They recommend updating HVAC filters at least every three months all year round. So order your Filtry air filters today at Filtry.com. Let's clear the air. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the Wells Fargo Championship. As usual, I'm here with everyone's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how are you this week? I'm doing well, Kenny. That was a good one, man. We had to, I was certainly dialed in much more than the team event we talked about last week. More focused, ready to go. Can't wait for this week. The Wells Fargo is coming up. It's going to be exciting. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this podcast, podcast is brought to you and presented by rotogrinders.com. Head on over to rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Get yourself 10 bucks off your first month. But Sam Burns got the job done, Kenny. It was Burns and Bradley down the stretch. Uh, maybe an unlikely duo for some, not for others. I know guys had him bet outright and everything. It was a, a good week for some with Burns. That was awesome to see. But, uh, you know, solid finish. And then when Keegan went in the water on 13 or whatever, it was all over. So what did you think of the event? Yeah, I mean, Burns has been close the whole year. I mean, I think he's had like he's been in the lead after around nine times this season. I think it's the most on tour. I mean, we saw it coming uh, that the win was probably on the way for him, and he played pretty damn well. Uh, you know, I mean, you look at the uh, the way what he finished like 18, 17 under, and like, you know, 10th place or 12th place was, you know, single digit under par. So he definitely played exceptionally well yeah. uh, this, this past week. Uh, deserved win. And I wish I had a little bit more of them, but I didn't. Um, cash game cornerstones did okay. I think I'm going to change the way I do my cash game cornerstones a little bit. Uh, I have a little bit of a new theory when it comes down to that. And I'll go over that as this week, as this podcast progresses. But it worked out pretty well last week uh, with, uh, with a cash win. Uh, didn't do that well on GPPs, but still a uh, good event. Keegan did his thing, putted lights out for the first few days. And then the old Keegan came back. I uh, thought we might've seen a run from Homa um, on Sunday, but uh, that didn't happen. A couple other guys faded on Sunday. Uh, Hovland had a great Sunday, got up to finish, I think third by himself. So a pretty good finish for him. I think he shot 65 on Sunday. Someone who I like again uh, this week coming up. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely more focused on golf. That definitely was enjoyable to watch. I actually uh, had a little three-day weekend this week, and I ended up sleeping like 50 hours this weekend. It was ridiculous. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember the last time my body was this tired uh, ever in my life, but I feel more refreshed. Uh, we're ready to go. Uh, what you think of the event? I, I love the event. Like I said, it's certainly good to have some really solid golf back. Even though it was a two-man show down to the end, there was a lot of chasers that were doing their thing on Sunday morning, Hovland being one of them. We'll talk about him for this week. I love that guy's play, man. And for a guy that says he doesn't like playing in Florida or he doesn't play well in Florida or whatever it might be, obviously everybody loves playing in Florida. He says he doesn't play well in Florida, but he certainly did this week, and we've seen it in the past as well. But I thought it was crazy, man. The cut sweat was something else, though. Grillo, Streelman, Gim, Seifert, all these guys just bailing on it at the last second. That certainly killed my six out of six upside and many others. I know that because it dropped from, I think, you know, 15% or 10% way down below that. So uh, anybody who got six out of six was good. You'll see even our listener league winner when we get to it was a five out of six. But some of the other stuff, man, Tringali, talk about it all the time. Train golly, the, the train just keeps rolling and chugging along, man. That guy looks pretty primed, you know, playing just better golf. And I think that's what it is. I know Connors was popular here. Didn't have the best week. But if you went and looked at his numbers, man, like he lost on approach day one you know, gained like one and a half on day two, a little bit more than that day three, and then gained two and a half on approach in round four. So just kept getting better as the week went on. If he had a better day one, and then the story of, you know, his life, our life, anybody's life that plays the man that is Justin Thomas, just man, come on. This guy, if he putts, it's over. He wins every tournament. It's just crazy how bad his putter was this week, even some short ones, four footers, things like that. But this guy is just always going to be there right in the mix as we know some other guys answer louis neiman these guys kept playing some good golf snedeker some of the older guys snedeker watson guys that we've watched a while coke crack uh the leaderboard was pretty good though man i thought it was great from a dfs perspective it's guys that we pretty much play all the time homo who you mentioned just all guys that were up there any other thoughts on this one uh i mean it's getting a lot tougher to get six to six oh, yeah. uh, even, even in cash i mean you think about the the change from uh, top 65, top 70 ties, top 65 ties. It doesn't seem like it's a lot. But when you think about it, it's anywhere between like 10 to 15, sometimes even 18% of the uh, normal people that would make it in a week when it was top 70 don't make it um, uh, when it's top 65. And, and that's a pretty big, big number. And just thinking about it more and more, especially when it comes to cash, you look at the numbers, um, you know, it's around – it's it's basically every week in nine and four every four out of five weeks it's single digits that get six to six uh in cash it's getting extremely to get six to six it's extremely tough to do that nowadays and i think that's sort of going to change the way i think about going about cash lineups i i sort of changed that way last week it didn't it worked it didn't work to fully as well as i'd like to but it worked i ended up winning but what i'm thinking about doing when it comes to cash is somewhat adjusting it to make it sort of like a GPP lineup, but without taking ownership into account. Um, I think you could take your betting aspects into account when you make your, your cash lineups. The way I'm going to go about it is um, like three guys I want that I would not mind betting an outright on each week. I want three guys at least that I would not mind betting an outright on um, no matter the number. Um, and I think I have a good shot to win uh, is the way I'm going to go about that when it comes to the, the top three guys that I play. Uh, and then, you, then I'll, I'll probably I'll have a punt play, uh, someone in the 6K range. Because if you look at the way the numbers go about, I think 8,000 and up, around 75% make the cut. 7K range, about 50% make the cut. And, and if you go down to the 6K range, you're looking at about 30% making the cut. Uh, and so I want to keep 
three guys that I think I can win above AK uh, that I would not mind betting on. And then having one punt play, and that's in the sixth carry. That's probably how I'm going to go about my cash game cornerstones now. Now, when it comes to the other two plays, I would like the guys that I wouldn't mind betting a top 20 on. People in the 7K range that I wouldn't mind. So using your betting numbers um, and the way you bet to transfer that into cash lineups is how, I think that's how I'm going to go about it this week. I mean, last week you saw it. Uh, who did I have? I had um, Casey, who I thought could win. He didn't perform that great, but he did all right. Uh, it was Hatton, but I, I changed Hatton from M to M uh, in my Wednesday article. Uh, and he was right up there until, you know, a really poor Saturday. Uh, and then Kokrak, who was, you know, all around it. But all three of those guys, I felt like they had a chance to win. And then I had my punt play with Seifert. Uh, he didn't make it. But the other two guys did. I had Glover and I had um, – I forgot who my, my my fifth guy was. But uh, I think that's, that's how I'm going to go about making my cash lineups. Now, instead of trying to, you know, squeak by and try and get – the, the the par maker who barely makes the cut, I think that's going to be avoided uh, now when it comes to cash. I think I'm going to eliminate that aspect of cash, go for a little bit more upside when it comes down to it, using um, the betting numbers that we have. So that's how I'm going to go about it. You'll see it this week again. Uh, that's the style I'm going with. So we'll see if that continues to work because, again, it's extremely tough to get 6-6 six six through in cash. And I think 5-6 and six is the goal with having some, some major upside because if you do that, you know, you, you, you're going to win each week. So that's how I'm going to go about that. Um, any changes to the way you play GPPs with the top 65 and ties? Yeah. Or are you just going out the same way? It's very similar, but to, to your point, some of the stuff that you just brought up and I'll touch on it quickly is just like playing for upside. And that's why you'll hear me when I'm going through this podcast, talking about some of these plays, Kenny. And I'll just say, look, I get a guy like Cam Davis is not going to be a prolific cut maker necessarily, but the idea of when he makes the cut, what does that give you? And I'll tell you real quick, cause I do the Monday review show over on Roto grinders. You can check it out with TJ Lasig and we go through and review all the winning lineups. There was five out of sixes coming in second place this week in $555 buy-in tournaments. Uh, even in the $10, you could go down or sorry, the $15 and find some five out of six lineups that still were way up the board because they had Homa, Keegan, Burns, Neiman, guys like this that all have massive upside. And they have one guy that missed the cut, but on the number, like a Doug Gim. And so those five of sixes are still finding their way up the board because so many people are sitting there with three out of sixes and four out of sixes and bad five out of sixes that you can still find them up there. So again, I'm just doing what I'm always doing. But like you said, bringing a little bit of the odds into it, you look at something like T20 odds. In some cases, we talk about this with Notorious and STL Cards and myself, and we do the Tuesday show. You're looking at some of the betting odds in lineup HQ. You have them right there. You can see them and just say, hey, look, this guy's getting 30% ownership or 20% ownership, let's say. The guy below him has the same top 20 odds. We know he's a good golfer. Snedeker versus Gim last week. I'll give you an example. Had very similar numbers. Snedeker was actually playing okay, but no one wanted to play him, myself included. I wanted to play Gim, and that burned me in the end. And Snedeker didn't go off. But he did well. He did plenty enough to be on these winning lineups, which we saw today. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you on that. I like looking at the betting odds, top 20 odds. Give me your ability to get to top 20 and then using my guy because I know he's going to come up here later as Cam Davis or a guy like Taylor Gooch or certain guys like that. They're going to be a little bit more risky, and but they're going to come in with low ownership because of that usually. And if they do get through, they don't always even have to finish top 10 or top 20 to give you that upside because they score so well on DraftKings scoring. So a uh, really important aspect to look at when you're building your lineups out every week. All right. So let's move on to the listener league for this past week. The winner was big, easy nine, five, two with one of those uh, poison stickers, uh, the yuck, Mr. Yuck poison stickers. He reached out to us on, 
uh, Twitter. So good for him. Good W for him. He started off with Victor Hovland, who finished third, 108 points, 7.26% owned. Charlie Hoffman just racks up top 20 out of the top 20 here lately. Uh, 22% owned, 71 points. Uh, Cameron Tringali, who I think a win is coming. He's sort of in that Burns factory. If you look at Cameron Tringali, I just saw the stat. Uh, the most money earned on tour without a win in PGA golf, PGA tour history. Uh, he, he just passed um, Brian Davis, uh, Brian Davis uh, as, as the, as the most money won. you would think the way he's playing a win is coming for him as well. Um, him and Connors, I think both are, are, are going to win soon. Uh, just like we saw with Burns playing that well, you could see sort of guys leaning up to that, leading up to that point where a win is almost inevitable. And both those guys are sort of, on that precipice right now. Uh, so, 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 so a couple of people to look at. Um, Homa, who had a, a really good Saturday, sort of fell off on Sunday a little bit with a 74 at 96.5.6.53% 6.5, owned. Uh, Keegan Bradley, uh, 12% owned. He had a good week, uh, except when it came down to Sunday. Uh, his putter let him down and the water ball on 1,313 points. And Cameron Percy, who missed a cut. Uh, so another five out of six actually took down the Listener League this week. What do you think of the lineup? Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. That's crazy, right? Like, uh, you know, decent out, output there at 516 still, but uh, five out of six with Percy. So uh, overall solid, you know, Homa, Tringali, Bradley, all guys that were solid. Playing Hovland was definitely the differentiator there. You know, nobody wanted really realistically overall to play a, a 10.5K Hovland when you had all those other options around. You could get just go up to JT or whatever. And that kind of is what it is. Like you could have definitely flip-flopped it there and saw JT show up in these spots if he had the same Sunday that Hovland did. And Hovland didn't, right? That like JT just needed to find a putter. And for whatever reason, he still couldn't. But back to your point, just real quick, and the Tringali thing, you know, that's crazy. 149th as well overall ever on the money list. Forget the, you know, the most without a win. That he's in the top 150 for overall money winnings. And then our guy, Jason Sobel, your boy, Kenny, he posted out today, how tough is it to win at the highest level? 31 PGA tournaments this year. Burns, Joel Damon, Carlos Ortiz, and Kokrak are the only first-time winners so far. So just going back to, uh, you know, Tringali getting it done, like, it's just so tough, man. He's doing he's doing everything he can. It's just not easy, and you saw the emotion coming out of Burns after he got his win. It's just not easy, man. These guys are doing everything in their power. We, we make fun of Finau all the time for getting his next win after the Puerto Rico. He has one, mind you, but just saying in general, it's just not easy, right? And we talked about this enough times, so... Back to the listener league. Shout out to Big Easy 952. He reached out today, got him set up in the Tournament of Champions League with us, got him set up with his one month free Roto Grinders to check out. So he said he was getting some NBA action in tonight. Uh, shout out to Winnie Boom Boom there, Domination Station. Just guys, we see PSU Mav often up here in the top 10. Good job to all of them. Are we having a, did we miss the three man last week, Kenny? Are we having a four man this week from the, the guy from the week before? Yeah, I forget. I forgot to add it. So I will add it. If you remember his name, I'll remind me and I'll put that on that this week. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it sorted out after the fact. All good. Sounds good, man. All right. So let's get to this week. The PGA head, PGA tour heads to Charlotte, North Carolina, as golfers play the Wells Fargo championship from Quail Hollow Golf Club. Uh, the course was revamped a bit for the PGA championship four years ago, but it looks like the extreme difficulty of Quail Hollow during the PGA will not be in play uh, this week. Uh, but the course is still not a, a cakewalk by any means. Uh, the first five holes are all redone or dramatically altered. And there were a bit of smaller changes on holes nine and 11. Uh, three main differences um, since 2017. The change in 2017 was uh, the whole one won't be at 524-yard par four. The length has dropped under 500 yards. Uh, the par three fourth hole dropped about 20 yards. And now, of course, the biggest difference 
The course only has three par fives, not four. Uh, now, outside the first part, first five holes, of course, will look fairly similar to golfers who have played Wells Fargo over the years. And, you know, back in the day, I think it was like 2018 and 2019, the president of Quail Hollow promised players that the course won't be anywhere as near difficult compared to the, the PGA Championship with softer and slower green conditions. Uh, the course will still be firm and fast, just not major firm and fast. Uh, the course is best known for its closing three-hole stretch nicknamed the Green Mile. Uh, this is one of the toughest closing stretches on tour, and no lead is safe on Sunday going into 16, 17, and 18. Uh, the 16th hole is a 508-yard par 4, 17th is a 221-yard par 3, and the 18th is a 493-yard par 4. It's, you know, three very long holes, and, name, and the nickname is quite, at, at, uh, quite appropriate. Uh, if golfers play these holes at even par, they deserve a pat on the back and might be holding the trophy at the end of the week. Now, on the other side of the spectrum, if your golfers are at or near the cut line coming coming into these three holes on Friday, you probably need to say a little bit of a prayer. Uh, you really notice the length of the course and you see the yardages of where most approach shots are hit from. Since 2005, over 55% of all approach shots have come from 175 yards or more. Uh, and that percentage, you know, is it, probably up a little bit since the old par five fifth hole being dropped to a long par four. You're not going to see layups on that hole very much anymore. You're going to see long irons all going into that green. Uh, Quail Hollow Golf Club is a 7,600-yard par 71 with four par threes and three par fives. The par fives are reachable by the majority of golfers in the field as long as the fairways have a bit of roll and the courses and soaked. Golfers need to, need to take advantage of the par fives. They are some of the easiest holes on the course, just, just like every week. Looking at some previous winners here, the majority of them have dominated par fives. Five years ago when James Hahn won, he was minus nine on the par fives for a week. When Rory won a few years back, minus 13 on the par fives. JB in 2014 was minus 10. Uh, the course played as a par 71 uh, two years ago um, for the PGA. Uh, I'm sorry for four years ago for the PJ championship and Justin Thomas still shot minus seven on the 12 par fives on his way to victory. Uh, three years ago was the first quail hollow. Uh, you know, first time quail hollow only had three par fives for the Wells Fargo and Jason day shot minus nine on the par fives. Uh, the par threes are fairly lengthy as three of them are in the 200 to 250 yard range. Even par is a great score for the par threes this week. The par fours for the most part are very long as well. Seven of them, um, range from 400 to 400, 449 to 500 yards. Two of them are 500 to 525 yards, and two of them are very short and possibly drivable, the 8th and the 14th. Typically, the rough and fairways are overseeded with ryegrass and blended with the Bermuda grass. The greens are normally Bermuda overseeded with Poa Trivialis. After the conclusion of the Wells Fargo Championship, the greenskeepers lay on an herbicide that kills all the rye and Poa, uh, and the grass goes full of Bermuda until the fall, but that's not something we have to worry about this week. Uh, four years ago during the PGA Championship, the course was full of Bermuda, but of course it won't be this year. Off the tee golf was a scenario to average with tree-lined fairways. They're some of the hardest to hit on tour with an occasional fairway bunker and water only on a few holes. Less than 50% of fairways have been hit by golfers since this tournament began here in the early 2000s. But since the trees aren't that bunched up and there aren't too many bunkers of water off the tee, missing fairways won't mean an automatic bogey, but the rough is two inches tall and a bit gnarly. When golfers miss the fairway, hitting a long can be helpful since it, since it is much easier to hit a shorter iron to the green out of the thicker rough. 
accuracy off the tee will be useful, but J.B. Holmes won in 2014 with only 26 of 56 fairways hit, and Jason Day won in 2018, hitting less than half his fairways. So it's obviously not the end-all, be-all. I wouldn't avoid shorter hitters altogether, though. though if they have good green and regulation stats, especially with long irons and can putt well, shorter hitters could be worth using. Um, also, targeting golfers with good proximity stats from the rough could be key. The average proximity of approach shots from the rough at Quail Hollow is usually the worst on tour. Another aspect off the tee for golfers to face is a lot of right to left dog legs, which could favor golfers who hit a natural draw. On approach shots, golfers will be hitting into greens that are average in size with multi-tiers and massive undulation. Bunkers surround some greens and waters in play on a couple of approach shots as well. After having some problems with the greens upkeep, the, the course switched to champion Bermuda grass greens overseas with POA a few years ago. These are very difficult greens to putt on. Over the years, this course has consistently had the lowest make percentage in putts inside of 10 feet. Um, now, you know, I, looking at good putters inside 10 feet could be something to, to pay attention to this week. Uh, the stint meter this week will be around 12. And as usual, check the forecast right before the tournament starts to see if a specific wave will have an advantage. Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Ball strikers, pretty much. You know, this is going to be tougher than what they're used to seeing. You know, approach, tee to green in general. Uh, guys playing good coming in, Kenny. We're going to, you know, get on some of this thing. Some of this when we get through it, because obviously course history is going to be a large factor here. A one Roy McElroy, which we'll get to in a second. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking at that mainly. And then just, you know, the, the upside that we talked about at the top, right? Just playing the guys that are good. I've got three names very early on that I'm going to bring up that are just guys that consistently play good golf don't make a lot of mistakes. And then even if they do, they can bounce back quickly. You know, when you're putting that into your models out there, whatever you're doing to throw it together, you can see that things like bogey avoidance just in general uh, can be a factor here, right? As long as you're out there just grinding it out, par is a pretty good score. Pick up your birdies where you can make sure you're scoring on those par fives. That'll lead into a, a conversation. We get to Bryson here, but a pretty good top range. We got from, from JT down to Rory there. We can hop right into it. Kenny, what, what are you doing at the top with these uh, six guys? I mean, I'm definitely playing Justin Thomas. I mean, the guy was just unbelievable tee to green last week. I think he was first in tee to green, first in approaches, top five in off the tee. I mean, everything was there, but he was like 66 of 68 or something like that, buddy. Like you said, him and Morikawa, you play them every week, and you hope that they have good putting coming down. I think that's the way I'm going to go about those two yeah. from <laughs> now on because they're, they're just so leaps and bounds of better than other golfers when it comes to – consistency and ball striking week in and week out that if they just put average either one of them they're going to be in contention for the win and so i gotta play jt there's no doubt in my mind i'm going to be playing him uh this week i like xander uh, a little bit you know his iron game of course just is good it's not the best but it, it, it's good I, I do like the way he putts he's one of the best putters from five to ten feet um in this field in the last 50 rounds, really good on par fours. He can scramble well, really good on par fives, uh, lots of birdies. I think he makes a lot of sense, and it's, uh, the price is decent uh, for him. I know he doesn't win that often, but the man does get a bunch of runner-ups, as we, as we know, and a runner-up will do just fine uh, at $10,500. What about you? I definitely end on those two. Uh, Xander's one of the guys <laughs> that I'll say for sure is just a guy that – We've seen it plenty of times. I always bring this up, but there's just, you, you go, what was it? Plus eight at the Memorial that time and then bounces back to a top 10. He hasn't really had many bad starts like that. So uh, even if that happens, you can almost not have to worry a little bit. Like you're going to be shook a little bit, but then you're like, all right, this guy's still pretty good. So I do like him. 
Obviously, I like Justin Thomas. Like you say, you just hope that that putter shows up. Winning here in 2017 for the PGA Championships, just another notch on his belt, feeling pretty good coming in, but he's been playing some great golf. And even last week, uh, his you know his Sunday was still phenomenal. His across-the-board numbers, tee to green and on approach were all solid, just couldn't find that putter. So there's those two. Uh, definitely in on Rom. thing about Rom is he doesn't really win that often of, of late his number his record's incredible we've talked about the past i'm not doubting rom's tally he's one of my favorite golfers out there uh anyone that was in the battles in the past know that i was always on team rom but i'm talking about at this price tag when you have jt and xander and we're going to get to some other guys in here that i want to get your opinion on with bryson rory that you know you got to make some decisions i'm still going to play rom because the upside's always there and he plays so good that you're never going to be out of it i'm just saying if you're talking about from a betting perspective which we'll get to later maybe he's not maybe you want to bet on jt for example for the win equity but uh Looking at it from that perspective, you know, John Rahm, JT, X are sort of the three that stand out. The one, you know, that I've got circled here is Bryson because of those par fives. Now, I know it's not four, it's three, but he can definitely score on those, you know, not as big on Webb at 10-2. And then Rory, I just wonder if you think he's going to be popular because of the incredible course history at the, the ma- I look, I tried Rory at the Masters. I know everyone wanted to ignore him they, for good reason. I said, look, even Spieth during his downswing or downturn Kate was going into these majors and still finding some form and playing some good golf, especially at courses like Augusta that he knows well and has the read on Rory didn't even play good there. So I got a really hard time trusting Rory here. And if he burns me, he burns me, but uh, I think he could be popular at just 10 K they priced him kind of fair considering what are your thoughts on Rory? And then just two cents on Bryson as well. I mean, at some point in time, Rory's going to be back to going Rory. And this is as good of a time as any on the course that he's succeeded on plenty of times. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to play him, but I would, don't hate it uh, if you do. Uh, just because at some point in time, he's going to bounce back. And like I said, this, this course is as good as any for him to, to, to bounce back and get his game back on track. And Bryson, any any thoughts there? He was going to be my third play. If I play three people up here, I think, you know, if, if he can use that driver, hit it out there. I mean, less than 50% of fair, fairways are hit anyways. So it's not like he's going to have – uh, you know, if he misses fairways, it's not going to be that big of a deal. He's going to be so much farther up, so much closer than other guys. I think that could be played to his advantage this week. So he's probably the third guy. If I do play three guys in this range, he would be the third. Do you wonder where your food comes from? More and more people do. America's corn farmers work hard every day to grow a crop that you can be proud to serve your family. And they're doing it with an eye towards sustainability, caring for water, air, soil, and resources that fuel healthy families and more sustainable products. Take a look to find out how farmers in rural America work to make life better for all of us, from cities to their rural communities. Learn more at ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. Um, yeah. Let's move to this 9K range. And once again, I'm going to go talk about my cash game cornerstones. I got three in this range, and I put bets on all three of these guys. Uh, so that's probably how I'm going to go about it. Three guys uh, that I like from the 8,500 and up, 85 to 10,000 range um, that I would like to bet on, and I'm going to roster them as my cash game cornerstones. And, that's just, and then I'm going to throw a punt play at the end, and it'll be a $6,000 play, and we'll We'll hear about that in a minute. But my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Hovland. The guy's just been playing really, really good golf. You could see his around the green game has been improving a little bit, a little bit more. Um, he's not horrible all inside five to ten feet. Are uh, really good uh, with his longer irons. He's top ten in both proximity from two hundred plus 
and 175, the 200 in the last 50 rounds in this field. Again, crushes par fives. Uh, he just makes sense to me. So I like Victor Hovland as my first cash game cornerstone. The second one's going to be Willie Z at 9,400. Again, the iron game is strong. Long iron game, one of the best in the field. Uh, par fives, one of the best in the field. Long iron par five, something I'm, I'm going to be focusing on this weekend. And he's right there. Um, I, so I do like him. I think you can sort of look away from his RBC Heritage finish, uh, which was, I think, his poorest finish in a long time, just because he was coming off the high of the Masters, uh, you know, coming in what, second or third place, uh, at the second place at the Masters, coming off that high, uh, you know, everyone recognizing him, giving him props. And then having an off week, I don't, I don't mind that. So I'm going back to Willie Z as my second cash game cornerstone. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be Neiman uh, again. Like you don't really see him as a long golfer, but he's one of the longest on tour. The guy just pounds it out there, top ten in this field. Uh, and you know, putting wise, really, really good from five to ten feet. Really good on par fours. Really good on par fives. His long irons, just average. But I'm just hoping um, that his scrambling and his uh, propensity to, to do well from five to 10 feet will help him out uh, in this type of setup. Uh, so I, you know, it makes a ton of birdies. So those are going to be my three cash game cornerstones in this, uh, in this range. I also do like Patrick Reed a little bit. Again, you see a lot of right to left dog legs. You're going to have him down. His price is down. I think his ownership will be down after, you know, missing the cut on the number last week. I think this is the type of course that can suit him. Another good, golfer from five to 10 feet, uh, tons of birdies, good on par fives. So I like Reed as GPP, GPP play. How are you going in a nine K range? Yeah, a lot of the same guys. So I'll just take a quick minute. So I'm just going to backtrack on the ROM thing for a second, because I know everyone's going to come at me with that. He wins all the time from a percentage point. I'm just saying when you and I are talking about who I'm going to bet this week, and that's why I kind of came up because later on I did bet JT at 10 to one and ROM's 11 right now, what we've seen lately with ROM is, you know, it's been like seventh, fifth, fifth, nine, 30 set. Like, you know what I mean? Where JT, I just like him better on this course for the W. And when I'm building my lineups and I'm thinking about putting the winner into the top of my lineup, it JT leads out, but I got JT, Rom and X at the top. So in the spirit of not getting shit on for that, I thought I'd bring that up, but with you on a lot of what you said in the nine K range, the other guy, second guy that I brought up sort of to X's point is Victor Hovland. And it just, you, you just talked about him, but just to give it, you know, the point of he, again, doesn't really matter what he does. He chugs along. And man, if you know, if you know about the Sundays of him, the Sunday warrior, he just did it again this past Sunday. For those that don't remember, if you go back to when he first came on the scene, I believe it was like six tournaments in a row where he shot like a 65 average on Sunday. There were some 63s in there, some 67s, but he was just dominant on Sunday. So you know you're in good with Victor. Whatever he does on Saturday nights to get a good night's sleep or whatever that might be, he's always coming out strong on Sunday. So I'm definitely in on him. He never hurts you in that sense. I'm always playing fee now uh, just for the upside. Like I said, it's boomer bust. It hasn't been as incredible lately, but hasn't been bad either. And, you know, at the cheaper price point, he's long, accurate, good around the green, strong under the bunkers, everything like that, that, you know, sort of fits this mold. If you aren't hitting it well uh, to the Bryson point, you mentioned earlier, at least he puts it out there. So it's not going to be a big deal for him from there. Uh, Corey Connors just keeps playing good golf. I like him. And then the last guy you just mentioned, it was with Neiman. Uh, Neiman's the other guy for me that just is, you know, so Neiman Hovland and X, I think those three just, and I know you've got Hovland and Neiman in your cash game cornerstones, uh, Willie Z doesn't really matter. They're all sort of the same type of guys, but they, they don't make enough mistakes. And, and we got some more in the 8K range that I'll get to in a second like that. But these guys just can come out, do what they need to do. Their stats are already good on paper. Their betting numbers are good to your point from the earlier 
uh, strategy point you were making, but in general, they're not going to kill your lineup, right? So there, there's not really a need for me to pivot or go crazy around these guys, and I'll get different down below where the chalk starts to congregate. What about the AK range? Where are you going? Yeah, right off the top, it's the guy at the top, and it's Abe Answer. He definitely fits the mold, you know, of what I just talked about. Uh, playing some really good golf coming in here. I know he's only seen it once, missed the cut, but uh, you know, fifth, 18, 26, 23rd, 18, 22nd. Like, talk about a guy that's sniffing the top, and maybe a, a win's coming in here soon. That's got to be uh, Abe Answer at 8,900. So going right back to him here again this week, I do like him, uh, Brian Harmon has just been playing really good golf. You look uh, 13th, 12th, 5th, 3rd across the board. Also has a pretty good history here, so he may pick up a little bit of steam, but I still don't mind it because his game just suits it. Uh, Keegan Bradley, I don't think the Sunday gets him down too much. We'll see what happens with ownership there, but uh, I'm not going away from Tringali. We talked about him enough. Don't need to rehash any of it, but certainly going back to him at 8,400. And then we get into it. It ties into the 7K range, but I'll I'll leave the 8K for you first. But Emiliano Grillo... Uh, the flop leg is just you like Kazire after he missed the cut. And then last week came out, he didn't crush it, but he certainly made the cut and did his job. You've got uh, plenty of these guys coming up from last week that burned guys that are now going to be back playing. Like, why would you go off them after one bad event using Grillo as the example? Yes, he missed the cut, but barely. And at the very end of the round, that's going to you know sour some people before that it was second and sixth place. He also got a ninth here back in 2018. His stats still line up across the board. So uh, hard for me to go away from him when most won't go back to him at 8,100. Yeah, if I do use three guys in a 10K range, this line range is probably going to be a little bit light for me, but I do like answer. The guy just consistently top 20, top 25, throws a top 10 in every now and again, and a win's going to come for him sooner rather than later. Uh, so, so, I mean, I'm a fan of his. Um, and I'm going to play Trigali again too. The guys, like I said earlier, uh, just been playing too good golf just to ignore. Uh, those are my two main guys. I might throw Harmon in there later on, but as of now, those are the only two that I think I'm definitely going to play um, in this 8K range. Let's move to the 7K range. I think I'll go back to Russell Henley at uh, $7,900. Again, another guy who disappointed last week, but his iron game is so strong, and he's so good on par fours. Uh, he's good around the greens. You, you know, you're going to miss some greens here uh, when you, when it comes down to it. So I like Russell Henley. Uh, I like him at, at maybe hopefully a little bit lower ownership than you would think of. I like Taylor Gooch at 7,600. I think he's cash viable. Again, another good around the greens, good on par fours, um, pretty good on par fives. Uh, you know, like better than average stats, basically all across the board, really good from 175 to 200. Uh, so I like him. Lanto Griffin is another guy I do like in this range. Now, again, of course, history has not been great. So he could be a bit of a lower ownership. I think he's missed all three of his cuts here, but his iron game is strong and his putting has been good. And he's really good with his longer irons. Um, so I, you know, again, that's sort of the stuff that I'm looking for when it comes down to it this week. Who do you like in this upper range? I definitely like Harold Varner. Uh, you know, East Carolina native. He was interviewed a couple of weeks ago and said this is his major. So he's excited to get out here. We all know it, you know, love the guy, just, you know, the great guy in general, but, you know, coming off his best finish ever at the RBC Heritage with the second place finish, uh, solid stats there. And now coming back to a place he's going to feel very comfortable. I know there's some fans back and typically in the past, that's been a thing, you know, where, you know, you've got some situations where people think, oh, you know, all their buddies are there now or their family's there. It might not be a thing. Like Sam Burns family was right there with him riding him right out to the end to, to watch him win and be there. Even came out with Amanda Balionis and interviewed with him. So I think, uh, you know, that's changing. These guys are just so good. Harold Varner is certainly great. L- would love to see him get a W here, like uh, kind of like how Max Homa got his at, at the Riv. So uh, I think that'd be a good play here at 7,600. Going to the top, 
you mentioned Henley. Uh, that was the second guy I was going to say to Grillo of a guy that just burned people last week. You want to play him at 9,000. I would certainly go back in at 7,900, regardless of the field strength. A lot of the same stuff lines up. Uh, my headset actually just cut out for a second, Kenny. I just fixed it and flipped it back on. I missed. Did you talk about Ricky Fowler? No, but I wanted to talk about him. Go ahead. No, I, that's what I was wondering. So this is the thing. I brought it up earlier. Uh, you know, Rory McIlroy has the history here, but as does Ricky Fowler, fourth, 21st, fifth, fourth, 38th, a miscut, a win, and a 16th. And he actually showed a little something the last time out. Yeah, so I think, I think I'm on board. I think I'm on board with Fowler this week. I think we have to be. And I know it's not going to be probably, uh, you know, super low owned or anything, because I think a lot of people are thinking the same way, but they finally priced him correctly. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. We said, get him down to around 7,500 and we'll see where we can go with it. 7,800 is fair. Uh, you know, he wants to put something up. I, I don't know. We didn't talk enough about this in the past, or maybe it just came up since the last pod. It was last week or the week before with the PGA Championship situation don't need to go outside the top 100 right he has to be inside the top 100 to make it is that is that correct it was something like yeah it was along those lines but they'd already given him a special exemption and because it got brought up that he wasn't going to be in they had to sort of leak that and say but no one knew that like why is he in then like it makes no sense i said no we already got him in as well as uh john catlin caitlin forget how you say his last name but plays well over in the euro tour three wins over there and people are saying yeah but at least he's validated like he's won where he can play he's won three times what has ricky done so it's one of those you know double-edged swords but at the same time a lot of things have come up in that sense you know the pip all these things where you know he's going to be making money even though he's not performing well it's got a way on the guy you'd think so i don't know it should be a spot where he can come out at 7800 i'll certainly pay to find out i'm not going to burn up a bunch of lineups on him honestly do not have a ton of faith in his game you know one good outing and all that it kind of lines up and especially if the ownership clicks in here and same on Rory. If it does, these guys just have not been playing good golf. And like I said, I tried them on, tried Rory on at the masters. I've tried Ricky on plenty, but I've done a lot better fading Ricky than playing him. So uh, Henley, I like your call there. Glover. I think Rory, Rory's ownership is going to be higher than Ricky. I don't think we're going to see crazy numbers for Ricky. Just because he's been so poor for so long. Yeah, he's been I, so I bad. Yeah. I don't even think the course history is going to bring him that up that much. I'd be shocked if he's more than like 12% on. Yeah, and I thought maybe more so because of price and you tie that in, but you're probably right, and I agree. So, uh, like I said, I'll I'll be in. I'll pay the admission just one more time. I'm just not going to go crazy with it, not going to be a core play, anything like this, but I'll slide some rookie lineups in there. I do like Streelman. He's another guy I think can bounce back. Uh, Joel Damon was, I believe, second place here to Max Homa, but you you mentioned it earlier and hinted at it where, you know, Max Homa, what was it? I have to find it here, but anyway, yeah, I believe he came second to Homa when they played here last time out and then Homa still beat him by three strokes or whatever, but still, uh, that was a, you know, a spot that he's going to feel good coming back to. And then what about Stewie sink? I, I might've missed that one too. If you mentioned it, so I apologize, but, uh, we talked about it, him sort of adding the Bryson distance and doing his thing and having his kid out there and all that factor and two wins now in the last year. And this is another course that should favor a little bit of distance in that good all-around game that he's been showing. Any love for Stewie Sink there at 7,900? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. The guy's been playing unbelievable this year. I, I, I would not put it past him to do well again again this week. Yeah, I don't I don't love it, but I don't hate it. And, and that's like you said. It's something you just can't put – you can't just look at it and go, oh, okay, it's not going to happen because it's Stewie Sink. We've tried that. It hasn't worked. And yeah, it was, uh, it was Max Holm when he won here last year. I was trying to compare it to Burns winning last week. Most of the field was, you know, seven under at, you know, eighth place. 
Homo was 15 under winning the thing. So, you know, you just get on fire like Burns did here last week and take over considering, yes, you won, but you still outdid the field. Joel Damon was right behind him at 12 under. So I don't mind him as a, you know, large field GPP dart uh, going down to the bottom of the 7K range. You mentioned Gooch. I kind of like him at 76, but some more just guys that play solid golf that stand out to me like Matt Jones. Uh, he'd be kind of like a cheaper Stewie sink in the sense of just, you know, play if he gets on and plays some good golf, not the same style, but just the all around golfer can play good. We saw him get his win just recently. I mean, that's not, you can't let that go away. So I, I think that's someone to get back on. And then you get into sort of the guys that I talked about and I hinted at Cam Davis a lot already this podcast uh, down at 7,100, but here we go. Matthew Neesmith, Carlos Ortiz, Sebastian Munoz, Cam Davis, uh, even Denny McCarthy, you could throw into the mix from last week. These are just all guys that I think you should have in your pool. They all are hitter, are boomer bust, hit or miss, whatever you want to call it, where they've got upside, they've got ability. Yes, they are going to crush some lineups for you and make some five out of sixes happen or worse. But at the same time, they also can be the guys that boom and, and find their way up the board. Neesmith been playing some pretty good golf. Uh, Munoz, Ortiz, I always talk about those guys in the same bucket as Davis, where if they make the cut, they can really outscore their finishing position. They have decent enough stats coming in, especially Ortiz. I think stats wise look pretty good. And then the last guy, uh, Aaron wise, I've already heard a little bit of love. So I probably won't go crazy with this one, but uh, a lot of mention just around his course history here, Kenny, any love for wise. And then who else do you like in this range? 7,000 up to 7,500. Yeah, I'll play wise. Uh, I like me Smith. I think he's cash viable. He's making a whole bunch of uh, cuts here recently in Poulter with a good course history here. Charles Schwartz was showing a little bit of life. Uh, I don't mind playing him this week. And he has pretty good course history here as well. A Hollywood Hoagie, again, another guy really good with his long irons, really good with his irons, period. Uh, A guy that I would play in the 7K range. I'm in on wise. I've heard enough from people talking about him. Um, I think Sundog Monkey likes him a lot. So uh, always a sharp guy. So I'll 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 get on board with Aaron Wise here a little bit. Yeah, a couple Uh, notes there. So, yeah, the wise was 18th last time out here, second the time before that. And we've seen a little bit from him, not the last time out, but before that he had a couple good results, but uh, back to Ian Poulter for just two seconds. I, I did see just, it's a little storyline. It's a little tearjerker esque, but as a dad, I thought it was good that his son asked him, look, I just watched Stewie sink, get another win with the son on the bag. When can I hop on your bag, dad? And Ian Poulter will have his son on the bag this week. So yep. you believe yeah. in narratives and little storylines and things like that. And you already talked about, it. he's got an okay course history couple decent results coming in, you know, four straight made cuts. Eh, there's a little something to be had there. And he's got a good all around game. We know when he turns it on, he can show up. It's a little bit more of a, a, a lovey dovey narrative than it is anything else. There's some great plays in this range, but I don't think he's going to garner a lot of ownership as it is. And it's just kind of a storyline to go along with it. Yeah. I don't mind. I, I, I like him Boulder. I play him this week. Uh, let's go to the six K range and I'll go with my final cash game cornerstone. It's going to be uh, Adam Shank. At $6,800, a couple top 25s at the RBC Heritage in the Valspar. Uh, has gained almost 11 strokes with his irons in those two events. Tita Green, he's been exceptionally solid. Um, so I like those numbers. I like what he's bringing to the game. I think he's top 25 in putting from 5 to 10 feet in this field in the last 50 rounds. So my four cash game cornerstones, again, I'm going with three guys that I think can win and then one punt play. And that's how my cash game cornerstones are probably going to go. And then I'm going to fill them out with a couple of guys that I think that can top 20. 
um, this week in that 7K range. And I already have them marked out. And I think Tambo talked about one. And uh, me and Tambo talked about the other. Just a little hint uh, there in the 7K range. Uh, but my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be uh, Hovland at 98. Uh, Willie Z, what is he, at 94. Uh, and then we have uh, Neiman at 91. And then I'm going Adam Schenk at 68. Hopefully his iron game continues. Uh, that's going to leave you 14,900 to fill out the rest of your lineup, which is plenty. A couple of 7K guys that you think you could top 20. Uh, that's how it's going to go. That's how I'm going to go about my cash game cornerstone, just being a little bit more aggressive, uh, a little bit less on the cut makers, a little bit more on the upside, because that's what it's going to take to win in cash now, uh, especially with the, the, the low amount of 6 of 6. Uh, you, my goal is five, six of the top five or a couple of top fives or a couple of top 10 guys in there to win it. That's, that's the way I'm going about it now when it comes to cash. Other guys I do like in this range is Seb Straka as he plays. I know he had the WD last week, um, but I think his game fits this type of course. Again, another guy exceptionally good with his longer irons. Top 25 in both proximity from 175 to 200 and 200 plus. I think that's something you could definitely need to keep an eye on when it comes to this week. Uh, so I do like him. I like Tom Lewis, who's been playing exceptionally well. One of the best from 175 to 200 in this field. Uh, he's been showing a little bit of life. Uh, so I like Mr. Tom Lewis. Uh, Richie Wierenski, another guy who I think has been playing decent here recently that I can get on board with. Um, uh, who else was there? Uh, Al, what, what was his name? Vincent Whaley, who's made, I think, six or seven cuts in a row. Uh, Bronson Burgoon, uh, another guy um, in that cheaper range. Uh, uh, who else? Harry Higgs down in that cheaper range is another guy I'll look at. Ball Hostel seems to be picking up some some steam. I mean, I, I from guys that are way sharper than me. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention. And I'll listen to that. Who do you like? I got to look, I got to look at the Bo Hostler one. That kind of is interesting because I think he had a pretty good Sunday as well. We always like the hot golfer coming in good from a, a Sunday before feeling it a little bit, maybe picked up on something. So we'll certainly check that one out at 6,300. I thought when you were busting out your last cash game corner, so when I looked up and the first $6,900 guy I saw when you were, or 6K guy I saw when you said you're going to the 6K range, I thought you were going to say hefty with that course history here, man. You know, lefty got the, the solid course history here at 6,900, but I guess you're not in on him, eh? No, I mean, maybe. The guy's been playing better, but I don't know. I'm just not, I'm just not in on him yet. Maybe. Okay. We'll have to see how the week goes. I had to test you, right? That's your guy. You want to, you would like to make fun of him at least. That's, you know, at, at, for the, for the views and for the content, I thought you might like it. Roy Sabatini, solid course history here has been playing decent golf. Not great. Not his best stuff lately, but um, solid numbers for uh, this course across the board. You mentioned some other guys I like. So, uh, Sepp Straka, Stallings and Shank both had g- great rounds on Sunday at the Valspar. You've got Shank in your cash game cornerstones. So that makes sense. Uh, Troy Merritt was striking the ball well. Adam Long, Lewis are there. Long's got some care. I think he's, um, I think he w- went to Duke and I can't remember. He's got some other Carolina ties. I can't remember. But uh, John Hu, I played him a couple weeks ago and he just crushed me at 7K. But I'll go back to the well, a consistent cut maker just talking about how tough it is to get these six out of sixes through and then when he does he can have a little bit of upside before the missed cut he had three made cuts uh you know more than that but i just can't count them all out right now burgoon i like that call you mentioned uh, my canadian roger sloan is down here you made vincent whaley they're you know similar type golfers that you see out there and then what about uh akshay batia time uh, to- i mean 
it could be time. Again, another guy, he's shown propensity to do well with his longer irons. I don't hate it. He's cheap. I can go, I can go with it. Yeah, I want like last week. Uh, by the way, Chase Kepka made the cut. Didn't do uh, much after that, but six thousand. We we had that call. So I wonder about uh, actually this week. But there's a lot of guys down here. And one thing I'll, I will say, just you know, tying it out here with strategy, Kenny, is that just so many lineups did not require anything near the six k range last week to get the job done. Like most well, of because ended nobody in a, nobody in the ten k range did anything. Yeah, but even like I like there was there was yeah. I don't think anyone in the ten k range finished in the top fifteen. If I'm not mistaken, well, J- so JT we, was up there, but I don't know what he did. And and yeah, Hovland was 10.5. So he's oh, Hovland, you're right. Hovland was the only but one. I'm just saying, like, just yeah. to go back to it for two seconds, with you know everyone seeing these fields and saying there's you know so many guys in the 6K range. So let's see, because the qualifiers will be in the 6K range too. I've got it right here in front of me. There's 95 guys that I'm seeing 6,900 and down, and you just don't need to force it. So like, looking for all these gems in the rough. Like I would like last week, I used. Kepka, that's like to jam in a stone minimum guy with everybody and just hope it works out. I even talked about it on the Wednesday show over at Roto Grinders. Like, don't just use Kepka to get JT and DJ or something like that. Use them to see, like, smash in all the balance, like four 9K guys or something like that and try and get around it that way. And didn't fully work out, but just saying that's the only thing I'm really thinking about down in this range. So while we can name a lot of guys, and know who they are and make up a story about them. We don't really need to play all these guys just for everybody out there listening. I think that there's plenty of line, good lineups you can build that still stay within 7K and above. So just final thoughts there. Sounds good. We miss anybody? We're going to bets. No, I think we'll go to the bets, man. All right. My card this week is pretty simple. I'm going to start with the X-Man at 18 to 1. Then my three cash game cornerstones. Hovland, 20 to 1. Willie Z, 30 to 1. Neiman, 35 to 1. And I'll go Gooch one twenty-five to one as my as my long shot. I might throw a couple more long shots in there as the week progresses. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been just saving it a, a little bit. The one that I smashed this morning was JT ten to one. Uh, I thought it was going to be you know six, seven, eight. Like I, I just thought he would be more of a favorite here, and he wasn't. And like I said, Rom was right there, so that scared me a little bit at, at eleven to one. But uh, I hit JT good. I bet Neiman at forty to one. I got, I got Tringali at 50 to one with the T5 each way. And then I got Harold Varner 90 to one with the T5 each way. So yeah, I wanted to bet uh, uh, Tringali, but the best I saw was like 30 or 35 and I just couldn't pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Certain books. Uh, and that's the thing. Uh, so yeah, it's a good, good number for sure. I feel like, again, don't feel 50, good about guys. Like 50 Tringali to one, and- I'd be down. Yeah. 50 to one. I'd be down hundred percent. Yeah. I, I don't think just saying this though, I will say this, uh, you know, Tringali's great and the number's gone down some since, but uh, Varner, you know, I believe when I woke up, he was 80 and I just held off and I didn't bet it. And I was, you know, it's one that I forgot about. And then I read the quote about him calling it his major and then like that. And I went back to bet it, which I did, but I was surprised because it went to 90. And then I started reading some stuff out there and people were betting him. So I think they're just eating that up and saying, this guy ain't going to win. So here you go. I have a better number at 90 to one. I hope he proves them wrong, man. I really do. But having that top five each way in there certainly helps. All right, one and done for me is going to be Justin Thomas. Okay. I think that's a good call. I had him on my list. I had Rom on my list. I said I like using a big boy here. Maybe Rory, if you still got him as sort of the hedge. I don't, I just don't feel good about his game right now, man. So if you, you know, I just don't care as much about one and done as I do my money that's gone into, uh, you know, each week that I'm putting in for DFS. So I definitely feel better about protecting that money than I do about my one and done and, you know, just hedge out and play a guy like Rory there instead. And if his course history does show up and his game somehow turns around cool, if not, uh, you know, make some money on the other side. 
All right, that sounds good. You can find me on gupscorner.com. Uh, you know, my article's out every week, and it should be out here for my course preview and my stats to look for. Uh, I also uh, added uh, my favorite uh, GPP plays in every uh, every pricing uh, tier. Uh, I have my favorite bets out there. You can also find me on Twitter at KendoVT. I'm always on there as well. Tambo? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. Hit me up if you have any questions. Over at Roto Grinders, of course, mentioned off the top, rotogrinders.com slash DGEN. Sponsor the pod. Do everything with them. I uh, can go over there. Use that code. Use that link. Get yourself 10 bucks off the first month. Going to have the Tuesday show with Notorious and Cards tomorrow night. Wednesday, TJ will be back on with me for the Lineup HQ show. Just breaking down how everything looks with the ownership, with the lineup construction. Really good show if you haven't checked it out because you'll be able to get a feel for how we're going about building our pools exactly and certain lineup types and constructions that we think will be common and how we're trying to combat that and go against them and take down some of these tournaments. So it should be a lot of fun this week, Kenny. All right, we just got like two weeks left until our our next major of the year. Mm -hmm. Hasn't been too much talk about that, but this tournament should bring some juices flowing for that major. We got a pretty good, pretty good field. We're getting closer to uh, Kiwa Island, which is one of my favorite courses. It's a beautiful course. So let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. In a rapidly changing world, people wonder more and more about where their food comes from and how it was grown. The farmers who grow America's corn understand how important this is and want to share the stories from our farms of how we are working to grow an incredible crop that can be an answer to sustainability questions and is grown by men and women who value the air, water, soil, and our natural resources just like you. To find out more about how corn farmers are working to feed and fuel a vibrant economy and healthy planet, visit ncga.com. NCGA, a commitment to the future. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.